and welcome to another episode of The Side Hustle. I'm Jacob Bosecker, and happy Thursday. Hope everybody's doing really well. Um, it's going to be a really good weekend here in Indiana. Really excited for the weather to change. A lot of people gearing up right now for the Trifecta Championship um, in Sweden and all these other races we've got going on. Uh, I'm really excited to watch a lot of it. We just got done with an awesome episode with the High Rocks uh, with Yancey and talking about Miami and everything that happened there. Really fun episode if you haven't checked it out. So this episode, though, is coming at you. This was once again recorded at the Spartan World Media Fest uh, that weekend. I flew in a few days early compared to the championship and recorded a bunch of content, um, still following up with some of that stuff. So that's what this series is, the side hustle. On today's episode, we have Josh Puckert. Um, who is Josh? It's a name you probably don't know, but he is a good friend of mine. Um, we, we met a few years ago, hanging out, and he suddenly started getting pretty good in the age group series. Uh, he is the age group champion for, that, for his age group this year in the U.S. National Series, close friend, and he just kind of talks about, well, we talk about a few things. One, how Spartans changed his life, um, and, you know, running and getting in shape and just turning your life around, but also, and I'm sure that resonates with many of our viewers and many of our listeners here, but also kind of how, how competing becomes a fun thing with your friends, how it can change and mold you and how you can still be friends and be competitive and not be, you know, a dick. Um, so without further ado, let's go over to that with Josh. So I'm here with my good friend, Josh. Uh, Josh, we've known each other for how long now? Probably two years. Two years-ish. About that. Um, Josh is from the Reno area. He's a good friend of ours, a good friend of mine. Um, staying at his house here for a few days before we head out to Tahoe and have a good old race. Uh, but Josh and I have been kind of competitive back and forth and there's been a group of us like in this age group since the age group um has been established and we just really get to know each other as a community wouldn't you say josh yeah i think so i think you you really learn who you're who you're uh racing against when when you see him every weekend absolutely and one of the cool things about the sport is you know it, it reminds me back of my pole vault days and you'd go and run these like dual meets or like uh sectional meets or something against the same guys and you see them on a reoccurring basis and you start to see them PR in like a height or something or you start to see them like do a little bit better here or there and you're kind of cheering them on even you're happy to see them do it now don't get me wrong like you want to see yourself do better too and I think there's like a fine line that like we can toe there because like you want to see each other do well but you still want to do well so I guess what we're talking about here is the idea of being rivals but still building a community what do you think? Yeah, I mean, in terms of obstacle course racing, I'd obviously I want to beat everybody, especially Bill Brumbach. Yeah, um, I want to beat that guy for sure. <laughs> uh, but I still want to see them race well. I don't want to see them fail obstacles. Yeah, we if, don't want to see somebody get hurt. Last things we want to see get hurt. Right. I think, and I think that's something that's unique in in our sport is you can be happy for somebody who's beaten you, and a lot of times I don't think people can can say that. I think that's really fair. You know, I and we've seen so many ebbs and flows of the sport over the past few years. Like from, we've had races like Battle Frog, which was just a total like beat down. Which did you ever run a Battle Frog? I did not. Oh, it's a bummer. I heard they're bringing it back. <laughs> they should bring it back. 
Kevin Jones is sitting there somewhere just by himself. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, I'm going to make the amphibious race. It's going to be fine. You know, a real good example of, of being happy for people is this this guy in our age group, uh, Eddie. So Eddie's from California. Eddie's cool, dude. And, I mean, he's almost he's almost as happy for you if you win as he is when he wins. Like, it's yeah. it's the craziest thing ever. And... And he'll he'll come up and congratulate you. He'll talk a little trash, which is fantastic. That's but, life. <laughs> yeah, but, that's fun. But he always says, "Good job, great job, whatever." And and uh, I mean, there's not not too many people who can um, legitimately be happy for you if you if you finish before they do. And I think one of the things, like, if there is a place where you get shitty with somebody and start shit talking them and like become a rivalry, is if you know they're not running the clean race. Like, if they're cutting corners and skipping burpees and always looking to see if they can grab a woman's bucket carry or something like that, we're going we're gonna to chew on you a little bit. Right. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. And I'll be the first person that calls somebody out for not doing something right. But Absolutely. I'll also tell somebody, good job. If, they, if I ran a clean race and they beat me, then they beat me. Yeah. It's a, and it's one of the cool things. Like, we're all staying here this weekend. There's a bunch of us coming in and out. Cody, who's in our age group, and you and me and Bill, and guys like Justin Chandler. And it's it's one of those things we were talking about. We just went on a run before this, but we were kind of in between our stride steps talking about the concept on how one guy can have just a little bit of an off day and somebody can take over. And it doesn't take much now, especially mm-hmm. in these, like, eight-mile races. I mean the the competition, even like the elite level, and then the you know the the top people in the the age groups is so it's so competitive now that if you miss one obstacle, that then, costs you. then you may not be on the podium. You may not. Um, I missed one obstacle in I missed the spear in Utah, and I was running. Eddie and I came into the spear together, and he hit his, and I missed mine, and I fell from you know basically a tie f- for first to third. So. And that costs you. Yeah, but yeah, so there's there's not much much leeway in our in any of the divisions anymore. Not really at all, and especially now, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to change that next year once we get into where where we got supers only being a 10k. I've I've always made the joke of like in a sprint when they kind of standardized the sprint and made sure it was going to be less than five miles, like more like four. I was like, okay, in a sprint. If you got to the point where you missed an obstacle, you're out of the running for podium. Right. Like, period. And now, realistically, we're getting so familiar with some of the obstacles in there in Spartan, and we're getting to the point where before the bucket carry was lower, and it was just a crappy carry, shitty carry. But now we can throw it up on our shoulder, mm-hmm. like a log carry kind of, and that speeds things up a lot. Um, it's going to make those divisions now, I would say, even in a super, where if you mess an obstacle, man. Yeah, no podium. No podium. Um, yeah. You might be able to make it up in a in a beast, and then the ultra. I mean, the ultra is where you you grind it out and failure. Like missing something, you have to double down on your mistakes and accept your failure, deal with it, and get back up on that horse and ride, baby. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens next year with if they if they truly go to a ten k and then a twenty one k. That seems like a big jump. Five to ten is double but that's three to six isn't a huge difference in in mileage but if you go from 10 to 21k that's a that's a pretty substantial jump but good news we have the plus 
distances now, which is probably the most ridiculous thing ever. So now we're just adding more race distances or is that what they're doing? Or is it like a, or are they just doing like at Killington, the sprint will be a sprint plus that it'll be harder, but it's still a sprint distance. You know, I, I think that's not even fully defined yet. I need to do some more research on that myself. I've been so back and forth with stuff here this week, but I need to find that. Where, and, but here's my thing. Like <clears throat> for me, I would like to see a sprint plus be a sprint with a few more technical obstacles. Like, yeah. Like something other than just the rings on the monkey on the on the multi rig or throw beater in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think beater's fun. That's me, but I, beater's a. I mean, beater could be one of those obstacles in a wet. Well, and we saw it a little bit in in Jacksonville. Um, it was a little bit wet during the the early morning, so there were a lot of people doing burpees. Yeah. And it was harder in Jacksonville. And it was too. newer in Jacksonville too. It was it was brand new, but the the reach from that first oscillating or rotating bar yeah. was substantially higher than it has been okay. um so it's, <coughs> it's been relatively easy to transition from bar to bar and i don't know if that was if they realized the failure failure rate was too high or uh or what the deal was but but it's definitely gotten easier unless it's wet unless it's wet which we're gonna see here this weekend um so Speaking from an obstacle perspective, you're okay. So in, in high school and college, did you do any track and field or sports? I played I played sports in in high school. I was a four year letterman, I think, or three year letterman okay. in in soccer. Um, I played basketball all four years. Um, I played football my freshman year while I played soccer, so I played two sports at once. And then uh, my sophomore through junior or th- sophomore through senior years, I played uh, played golf. and then nothing i smoked and drank in uh in college and that was about it so to give a background on where i was at so i did um i was track and field letterman four years throughout high school then uh band four years marching band i was uh drum major and stuff good time with that and then um didn't really not a basketball guy um but pole vault was my my jam and then i did pole vault uh, and cross country my first year of high school but then i went to college and did one year of pole vault there and some sprints stuff like that um, but then I, i've talked to kevin donahue so many times about this sport and how it's really cool that this is like the sport of second chances mm-hmm. and how there's so many of us that have found that second chance and made a community out of it kind of like you and me and you know other people that i've seen like like okay this is where i want to be this is where mm-hmm. i want to go and then you you figure out ways to make your life adapt to it. Um, you understand the commitment that it takes, and if it's <coughs> if it's for you know a year, waking up at you know four thirty in the morning, going on that long tempo run, that's what it's going to look like. If it's you know staying up late and recording podcasts, <laughs> like I've been doing here this year, uh, sometimes it's that too. But you figure out the way ways to make it work for you. Like, what are some like commitment things that you found out for the past year. Uh, some days you just don't want to do it. Yeah. And you know, I'll have a I'll have a night where I maybe have one or two extra glasses of wine. Yep. <laughs> and I wake up the next morning and I just I put my trail shoes on anyways and I'm either going to feel better or I'm going to throw up and I'm not sure which one is going to happen when I start my run, 
Um, but it's always been f- feel better. I've yet to throw up on a run, and I mean, you just you just have to suck it up and and go do it. Yeah. Um, I bought, you know, I when I first started running three years ago, I only ran in perfect conditions. If it was super windy, I didn't want to run. If it was too hot, I didn't want to run. If it was too cold, I didn't want to run. And now it really doesn't matter. I mean, if it's snowing, I'll put on a beanie and some gloves and, and go hit the trails. If it's 100 degrees, I just go hit the treadmill. But uh, you just got to do it. Yeah, and that's the thing we've been – I've been really hard on myself. Like, either buckle it up and hitting the, hit the trails or then, like, understanding that that treadmill is um, – it is what it is. So, I mean – it's just like anything in life. If it's important to you, you're going to find a way to get it done. Oh, absolutely. So, so what are some, and if you guys are unfamiliar with Josh, he's a, he's a good buddy of ours. If you're jumping in now, um, he won the North American championship series and the age group, um, is it late thirties? 35 right? to 39. Yeah. 35 to 39. Um, which I was just thinking about this. We were talking about, like, if I would have hit, like, those age groups. I'm not even in your age group anymore. I'm in the younger age groups. Oh, man. I'm a young buck. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> Must be nice to have nice things. <laughs> um, so what are some sacrifices that you've had to see since this new lifestyle has hit you? Because, I mean, you've just been doing this for two years now. And, I mean, you've, you're winning national series. You're on podiums. What? What would you say are some of the biggest sacrifices that you've had to make in your life to, to accomplish this? Definitely family time. Yeah. Um, weekends, non-race weekends now, usually you're getting up early in the morning, going on a you know a three-hour run. Yeah. Um, but I, I drive maybe 45 minutes to get there, so 45 minutes there and back isn't, you know, so it's a... It's you're a, looking at five hours commitment there, realistically. A, a half a day thing, yeah, and then I have... Now we just bought a new house. We've got a giant yard, so I'm gonna spend up with that. spend hours on the riding lawnmower unless I can teach my wife how to use it. Um, For me, but, like with those family chores, it's like finding like, okay, I've got work, I've got my chores, and then on top of that, I still got to get my workouts in or get my yeah. podcast recorded yeah. or something. Um, when I'm traveling, I travel for work just about every week, so it's hard to come home after being gone for a week and then tell my wife, well, I've got to go on a, on a trail run. And then, you know, Elliot, uh, one of my, my buddies here in town, Elliot and I are going to go climb later or we're going to go, we're going to go do something. So I see her very little. Thankfully she's been extremely supportive and understands. And, and I try to include her in as many things as, as I can. So she'll take the dogs up on my, my shorter run days and she'll go run and, She'll take the dogs for for their run. Um, she doesn't. She'll rock climb occasionally, but otherwise she'll just come hang out. So at least we're together. So yeah. and then I, I try to do nice things for her every once in a while. <laughs> like I decorated outside for for fall, and I bought her all of these you know little pumpkins, and so she appreciates that kind of stuff. And I think like you're just saying, like it's it's that lifestyle, and it's finding that balance that works for you two as a couple. And I I know. Me and my wife, we find that, and we try to figure out the best ways to do it. So, like, maybe maybe it looks like telling her, like, okay, sleep in Saturday. But Saturday, I'm going to do my best to get my butt out of bed and go get that long run in. Mm-hmm. You know, and finding ways to communicate that over. And I just, I make I make a plan with her for the weekend. And, 
she asks, you know, what, how long I have to run. And then we, we figure out what we're going to do together, even if it's, um, you know, catching up on NCIS or, you know, <laughs> some, some TV show that we like to watch. And we just hang out on the couch and watch TV in the afternoon. Or, yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. <laughs> no. And that's, I mean, most of what we do isn't fancy. We'll, we'll sit out on the deck, maybe drink a glass of wine and just kind of talk which is weird. I mean, we may be on our phones while we're talking, but... Uh, and spending that time together. Yeah. So, diet-wise, how is this... Like, I'm not going to lie. Before I got into OCR, I was I was a musician. I was playing some stuff. Man, I would... It would be nothing for me to, like, drink a bunch of beers and then go on, like, on a late-night rallies run. You know, rallies there. It's, like, checkers out here, I think. Okay. But, like... Crack food, shit food. Yeah. How's it adjusted to that? So, I worked with, I worked with Josh Stride, um, okay. from like January to August. I thought I was eating well, and I was. I wasn't eating bad food. Yeah. But I was eating the wrong quantities of the right food. So I would eat I would eat too much protein, not enough carbs, or too much fat and protein, not enough carbs. Basically, what it boiled down to was I was not eating enough carbs. Okay. Um, so working with Josh, uh, you know, throughout the year is as intensity um, and workouts ramped up and length of workouts ramped up, um, calories increased, um, calorie content changed, um, where. You know, as, as intensity went up, so did so did the carbs. I mean, everything, of course, goes up, but but in terms of percentage, the, the carbohydrate intake percentage went up. And so because I travel so much for work, it's hard to it's hard to meal prep. So I rely a lot on white rice. Um, Foster Farms makes little six ounce packets of <laughs> pre-made chicken. Um, so those are, those are staples, Boca burgers, um, honey crisp apples is, is I live off honey crisp apples. Have, I have two of those a day. Traditionally I have two a day as well. Uh, I mean, it's, but it's because I travel so much, I found what works and I found, um, so I'll give you just like a typical day. Um, I'll wake up and I have two eggs. I have a little microwave egg cooker. Mm-hmm. So I can make like uh, like egg patties. Mm-hmm. I have two eggs. I have three pieces of chicken ba- uh, chicken apple sausage. Okay. And then I have two servings of cereal and one serving of almond milk in the cereal. So that's breakfast. Okay. And that's usually like seven thirty or so. Um, and then at nine thirty, I have my first snack. I'll have a either a Lara bar or a honey crisp apple. Yep. Same. 10 o'clock if i i'll have whatever the other one you know i'll have the other one if i had the apple at 9 30 i'll have the lara mm-hmm. bar at 10 30 or vice versa i eat lunch at 11 30 uh 1 30 is prob- generally another apple yep 3 30 is a um english muffin either a whole wheat english muffin or a cinnamon cinnamon raisin with uh, peanut butter and then I don't eat again until dinner, which is usually about 7.30. Um, yeah. But then, I guess I didn't talk about lunch, did I? Lunch is usually like a, a serving, like a cup of white rice, six ounces of that, that uh, chicken, 
and I'll throw, you know, little like a little single serving of corn or something like that in it to get get a little bit of extra, um, get some veggies, and then uh, for dinner I'll do basically the same thing, but instead of corn I'll put uh, we buy like the little like cabbage packs. Oh, yeah. They're like the, the salad cabbage mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. cabbage mixes, and I mix that in there, um, and then I throw some salsa on top of it, and it's perfect. Um, and then I have a, a bag of popcorn as my late night <laughs> snack. About 20 minutes after I have dinner, I have a bag of popcorn, and uh, repeat. That, now, see, that is a pretty dense nutrition base. But, I mean, what what's your mileage on an average week? Um, Somewhere... I think now about 40 miles. Okay, that's about right. Um, but because we've had a lot of mountain races lately, I'm doing a lot more elevation gain, a lot less Distance, mileage running. Yeah, so profiling, right? so a, a long run, like three hours on Saturday might be 19 miles, but I've got 4,000 feet of gain or something like that yeah, in, yeah. in it. So, it's known the trade-off. So, so yeah, we're probably... We're at four hours of running-ish, four, four and a half hours of running on the weekends right now, and then probably another two and a half during the week. So, I'm not good at math right now. Four and a half, <laughs> four and a half, and two and a half. So about seven hours of running a week. So, so aside from obviously like the training aspects and and some of the things you've learned, what's been the best thing about the community for you? So I remember when uh, when I met you and Bill, it was, you asked how long we've known each other. It was 2018 in San Jose. All right. <laughs> and up in my, so my first race was 2016 um, Tahoe. Tahoe had a sprint in 2016. I ran the, yep, yep. the sprint on Sunday. I met, uh, unknowingly met, met uh, Bubbles. He was, he was he was coming out of the woods taking a shit or something like that and <laughs> one of the one. one of the people I I was with was like oh my god that guy's wearing a clown mask <laughs> um, which here's the thing you now know the clown mask dude yeah and he's a good yeah, dude he is a good guy <laughs> so 2017 I I really didn't interact with anybody outside of the few people I had started running with mm-hmm. um. And then 2018 in uh, Chino, at the SoCal, the first race mm-hmm. of the year in SoCal, I met Ryan Shaw for the first time, the mm-hmm. Man of Steel. Um, and then in San Jose, I met you and Bill. And I remember like meeting you guys. I was kind of like starstruck a little bit. I was like, oh my God, it's the guys from Bro CR. Dude, we just make shitty videos on the internet. And- That's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then from there, it just kind of progressed, and and uh, you know, meeting meeting people like Faye Hosick Morgan and, and Ian Hosick and Cody and Ashley, Ashley Heller and Casey Lacey, um, Kirk DeWint, Mike Ferguson. I mean, so many, so many people um, that I can go see at a race and say, "Hey, how are you? How's it going?" Um, and it's like homecoming each time you do it. It's yeah. like you get to see your old friends. You get to go back here and just see how everybody's progressing. The the cool thing about racing for me is not the race. It's getting to see all of my friends. Because Absolutely. it the, the championship races guarantees that most people are going to be there. Uh, Ryan's been hurt for most of the year. You were, mm-hmm. you were out for a while. Um, 
so you guys weren't weren't at most of the races this year, but but the majority of the people show up to the races, so you get to you get to see everybody, find out how they are, and and uh, I mean, and I sometimes think, just getting a freaking hug from a friend, yeah, it's like it really changes your day. I mean, I think I've I think I've made a lot of friends that I'll be friends with for a long time. I, you know, even even yeah, after yeah. I decide, nah, this OCR thing is I'm done with that. Let's go let's go a different direction, right? <laughs> That's the cool thing about seasons of our life, I think, that it's like, it gives us that chance to be there, and then, but still, who knows, you know, maybe 30 years from now, we're sitting down having a beer somewhere, and we're laughing about those old times that we all crammed into a small hotel room in, right. in Truckee right. or someplace in Chino. Yeah. That time we watched Ashley hobble up the, the sand hill, trying to get, uh, trying to get back off the beach to the, to the condo. Or all the jokes about Christmas Blanky. Were you there still for Christmas Blanky, or have you heard the stories of Christmas Blanky? I don't Ashley? think so. She's she's got Christmas Blanky. We'll have to ask her. We'll have to. You know what? That's gonna be one of the side hustles here that we're making here. Um, I'm gonna have an interview with Ashley and just talk about Christmas Blanky. <laughs> I should make that like the Christmas release special. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, this this is great, and you know, Josh, it's thanks for being on the cast. This. What I'm calling the side hustle here, so I'm recording a bunch of episodes, and um, is there anything you want to say to the community out there listening? Just keep doing what you're doing. Get up. When you don't when you don't feel like going to work out, just go do it. <laughs> if, if Spartan Race is important to you, and I know it is for a lot of people, somebody... I got into an argument on Facebook the other day, and somebody kind of put me in my place, and they were 100% right. Um... And it was about the thirty dollar charge for the application. The fee? application for elite. Okay. And somebody said that that was just too much for them. And I don't want to say who who. I don't. You know, that's yeah. not important. And um. But one of the responses I got was, "You don't know what Spartan race means to this person." And I was like, "Well, I can't really argue with that because it can mean something different for everybody." It it helped. Yeah, I mean, it helped. <clears throat> It was what I went to when I quit smoking. I know there's other people who have done a, you know, who are clean off of a lot things that are a lot harder Hard than, than nicotine. Um, and this was this is their release, and that's fantastic. And so everybody's, you know, everybody's working towards something, and and so I say just keep doing it. Awesome, awesome. So check them out, guys. Josh Booker, he's. Great buddy, great friend, Josh. It was great having you on today. Thanks for having me. And that's the episode. Um, really, really fun sitting down with an old friend, as as you heard, and just kind of hearing his story and his take and his his walk in all of this and how it's changed and affected him. I'm really excited for the future and seeing what that's going to hold for this guy. Um, really, really talented athlete. And here's the thing. There's a lot of people out there like that. There's a lot of people with a story like that. I've, I've got a story like that. Um, a lot of our listeners have a story like that. You know, I've talked to Kevin Donahue a lot of times and we talk about how OCR is the sport of second chances, how, you know, you might've been an athlete at one time, put it away, started figuring out your career and stuff. But then you kind of remember that, you know what, maybe I can be a little bit competitive. Maybe I can, Ah, toe the line here a little bit and deciding how how much to toe that line becomes a thing and that's really fun um, and that you're not alone in that kind of is the is the beauty of this you know there's a lot of people that would love to toe that line and find that in this sport and that's just a cool thing and a cool place for us all to be at that time 
Ah, so I guess that's really the side hustle for this week. Want to thank Venga CBD as we always do. Venga CBD is the um, CBD sponsor of BroCR, the Supercast, and, and the side hustle our project here. Um, want to thank Spartan World Media Fest for having us out there that week. Um, great time, great company, um, great, great fest. Um, as well as ATP Science, who hosted it. ATP Science is a you know a world leader in uh, nutrition. They're the ones that put on the, the media fest and gave us the chance to get out there early and make some podcasts and have a good time and meet so many freaking awesome people. I'm really excited for next week's side hustle with, um, with Brad Swale and talking about some of the stuff that we, we went through in the, in the, the race together that day. It's going to be fun catching up with him. Um, and last but not least, Human Octane, the, the apparel sponsor of BroCR. Go check them out, guys. Human Octane, great apparel for the OCR and trail running community. I was running in the pants last night. I can't say enough about them. Um, running around my neighborhood, I was like, okay, do I need to get my, do I need to get my hydro pack do I, if I'm going to listen to my music? Nope, just throw it in the back pocket and I can hear it the whole time while I'm doing running and doing burpees. Perfect, perfect. Don't, don't need anything else. Um, until then, I'll see you guys next week. Have a great one, guys.